Hello and welcome to this week's Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. This week is the first in our strand of book review episodes and I'm talking with Amanda Robbie about Tish Harrison Warren's book, Liturgy of the Ordinary. So uh, this week I am at the vicarage with the vicar's wife. Amanda Robbie, you have your own identity, you are not just <laughs> somebody's wife you're a member of the church society council um could you tell us a little bit about what your ordinary life involves what sort of things do you do every day or every week so i have um a husband three children and a very large dog yes a slightly new addition to our vicarage uh, the dog is looking very pleased with himself at the moment because he caught his first squirrel yesterday Yes, we won't talk about that okay, too much, fine. in case anyone is of a squirrel, squirrel or, or, or squirrel-loving disposition. Okay, fine. Uh, we, uh, I am involved in parish life in many different ways. Um, I'm a governor at our church school. I'm, I host a weekly uh, coffee morning called Cake and Chat. And uh, if you're my friend on Facebook, every week, pretty much the only post is about what I'm baking. Yeah. Uh, I... Uh, I'm involved in, uh, I go to prayer meetings, I teach Sunday school, um, I do other things around the parish, I try to keep the household together. And would you say your life is one of order and routine and... (laughs) Okay, I wrote a book a few years ago called The Ministry of a Messy House and uh, our ministry is still very messy and my house is still very messy. Excellent. I'm not great at routine. Excellent. So um, neither am I, I, I think it's fair to say. And so you were the one who, when we were talking about maybe doing some book reviews uh, for the podcast, suggested this book, Liturgy of the Ordinary by Tish Harrison Warren. What was it that made you think this would be a good thing for us to read and, and talk about? <laughs> um, I really like the cover. It's got... It's got to- <laughs> Toast with peanut butter on it. I, uh, I only have the Kindle edition. I hadn't really looked at the cover. Uh, the cover's lovely. Uh, <laughs> I, I think um, despite uh, being a very messy person and hating... Oh, damn. So okay, sorry. messily, the phone has just gone off. We might edit that out. <laughs> Let me just uh, undo that. Uh, uh, despite being a very messy person, I do love um, the structure of liturgy at church because I feel that if you have... Uh, some routine it then allows you to make the mess in between sort of thing yeah. and uh we've uh my husband and i have been neil and i've been uh, we lived overseas for a while and we went to a church which was not liturgical which didn't have a set liturgy and uh, it left us really yearning for uh just that thought beforehand structure in a service mm. and so i've always i've become a fan of liturgy despite not coming from a very liturgical tradition in many ways as an evangelical yeah very interesting so I uh like Amanda I'm I'm not naturally the most orderly or organized person but there have been quite a few times in my life where I've um, I say lived in institutions which slightly makes it sound like they were mental asylums or prisons um but mostly they were just universities or, or colleges um but where there's been a sort of external routine to life mm. imposed in some way so like I was a teacher for a while and you have a very you know your whole working day is organized to the nearest half a minute and um I sort of rebel against that but I also quite value 
the structure that that gives me. So my life at the moment, I live on my own. I work reasonably flexible hours. I'm not having to be at an office at a particular time of day. You know, I don't even have a dog that I have to get up and walk. Um, there is n- there is very little external structure mm. in my life, and I am not very good at imposing that on myself. And 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 I and yet I also have that sort of sense that it would be good for me if I could. Yeah. Um, in the same way as I think you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you feel it. Right. So I was quite excited about reading this book. Um, one of the things I loved about it was. She, it's called Liturgy of the Ordinary. And I was a bit worried that it might be tied to a particular kind of lifestyle. So Tish Harrison-Warren, who, who wrote it, she is, uh, well, she is ordained uh, in uh, America, but she also is a mother of small children. And, and I was just kind of, oh, it's going to be all about, you know, changing nappies or um, doing the school run or whatever. But what I really liked is, is it really is ordinary. It's yes. waking up and cleaning your teeth and losing your car keys. Yes, and, and making the bed and being coffee. Stuck, being yeah. stuck in traffic jams and yes. things that, that really are um, very, very ordinary that we almost <laughs> think of as things yes, in our absolutely. life. You wouldn't write in your diary, oh, I must brush my teeth. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, just to explain maybe... Amanda, a little bit about how she structures the book. So she she sort of interweaves these ideas of what we might think of as more traditional liturgy mm. with sort of daily routine. Yeah. So she does. She she sort of goes through the day, if you like. So um, she starts with waking up, and as baptism is her, the, mm. the analogy, she draws <clears throat> all the way through to uh, sleep. Sleep. And, and death she's so she yeah. sort of looks at life and she looks at uh, the routine of our day and how how we can uh yeah the, sort of talk about that those sort of orders and order and and that sort of root, church routine that sort of those things we'd be familiar with confession or um prayer or stillness uh, maybe from a church service and sort of thinks about them in terms of what our day looks like yeah i love she has this um uh, line where she talks about what we do in a Sunday service, the kind of liturgical things we might do there, as practicing for the rest of the week. So, you know, we say a confession together, and she talks about that as well, practicing for when we sin during the week and need to confess, or sharing peace as practicing for when we need to forgive each other during the week. And I'd never really thought of um, liturgy in that sort of way before, but I really yeah. liked that. Yeah, and uh, quite often, um, we were talking about this last night, yeah. um, the, the, we think about uh, when we confess, we are looking back at the week that's just gone and not really thinking about preparing for the week ahead, but actually that is a really good way to sort of yeah. another angle as we're confessing. We don't want to anticipate that we'll sin, but it is... Uh, we sort of we know to, we will. We, we know yeah. we will, and we, and we want to hold that spirit of, you know, of contrition in our hearts as we go forward from the week. So, yes, it's really helpful. Yeah, I, I really... I, I liked so much the way that she linked um, those, those two kinds of ways of thinking about liturgy. She's very big on um, how the sort of rituals and routines of our daily life shape us mm-hmm. just as as the sort of liturgy of our Sunday services shapes us. Do you think that's true? Do, you, do we think that that is right, that those sort of things that we almost don't think about as just being a normal part of our lives I, well, have yeah. an effect on who we are and how we think about the world? Uh, absolutely. I think um, 
I think that's why sometimes at Lent we try to change our habits, don't we? We, we try and do things differently because we realise that the habits we've got into are maybe not good habits and we, we have sort of formed a, 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 an unhelpful liturgy in our lives. And, um, and also there is a sort of, um, there's a narrative to the way that we do, th- you know, mm. oh, I deserve to watch this extra episode of Jeremy Kyle or whatever it is we're... <laughs> doing do you watch jeremy (laughs) car no but you know as an example that we we sort of tell ourselves that we deserve something so we've got a we've got a backdrop a sort of liturgical spoken backdrop to what we're doing yes and actually we're probably often we get ourselves into telling ourselves the wrong things also there's good things that we put in our daily routines i have to say having the dog has been a really good um liturgy for for neil and i because it is forcing us to do to be outside to be quiet to um have some space and to take time to pray and think and um and yeah. just so i've really noticed um from the kind of photos you post and, and from going on those walks with you a few times um just observing the changes in the the natural world as you do that and coming to appreciate creation i guess in a slightly yeah, different absolutely. way um, and we you know we live here in the inner city and it's um it's quite uh, diesel ridden and smelly and the streets are uh, often littered and actually, we're very blessed to live near an, a, a great big country park. And we hadn't really explored it at all. And we hadn't, we, you sort of feel the inner city, and we haven't got much creation around to appreciate. Although, of course, people are God's creation and, and the built mm. environment. But to be out there with seeing, observing the changing seasons has yeah, brought that new, a new routine into our lives um, and a sort of a different take on, on the place we live and uh, and uh, what the Lord is doing, just that changing uh, nature of, of the world, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, uh, she she says at one point, it is in the dailiness of the Christian faith that God's transformation takes root and grows. Mm. Um, and she quotes from someone else, and I, I haven't got this exactly right in front of me, but it, it's something like everyone wants to lead the revolution and no one wants to do the washing up. Yes. Which, I mean, I think we can probably both identify with not wanting to do the washing up. But I was very struck by that. Mm. I think, you know, we hold up as great examples of the, the Christian faith and great heroes of the Christian faith, people who go to the other side of the world or you know people who martin luther yes exactly who who do things that have a really big impact but actually for all of us those people included but but for the rest of us as well actually living godly lives is about doing the washing up it is about remembering that you're supposed to pick your son up at quarter past 11 (laughs) uh this morning's (laughs) error of uh but um, and also literally. she talks about um godliness having a a particularity rather than a, a general so there's not sort of a an, a sort of abstract notion of godliness that we're all aiming for we're supposed to be godly whatever it is we do so godly a godly mother or a godly teacher or a godly i don't know car mechanic or whatever it is you know the different things that we are in our lives it's about working out what godliness looks like in the specifics of our daily life and I think yeah I I think we do often talk in vague generalities yes and it's very easy to think about sort of creating godliness in the quiet of our devotional life but not uh, actually it would be much more godly for me to uh, to do the washing up than (laughs) to sit here doing the crossword or whatever it is that takes our uh, 
escape fantasy, you know. Yeah, you know, definitely. Escape time. Um, so one of the things I was quite shocked by, I read this on Kindle and I think you did as well, Amanda. I read it when I was away on holiday earlier this year and uh, was slightly disappointed when I got to about 55% in the Kindle and suddenly the book ended. Mm-hmm. And, and I just say that because I always find that irritating. So just to warn you, if you're reading on Kindle, there's a lot of back matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that is actually quite helpful. So there yeah. is a sort of study guide if you want to talk about it in groups. Mm-hmm. But also for each chapter, she has some suggested ideas of things you could actually put into practice. And some of those are a sort of one-off things that you might do just to observe what's really going on in your everyday life now. But also some of those are things you might actually incorporate yeah. into your routine. Um, I don't know, did you have a chance to look through those, Amanda? And, and were there any that you thought, yeah, I I really want to do this? Yeah, there were. Um, I had a look and um, yes, there's some really interesting and helpful ideas. Some of them were slightly uh, surprisingly uh, obvious I thought you know if you don't know your pastor get to know them I was uh, obviously yeah. we're in a quite a small church so maybe you know and if you're in a large church or you're a little bit more anonymous I thought that was quite surprising but also a very good thing to do obviously yes uh, there were some things <laughs> I was quite encouraged I thought I actually do something a Gosh. bit like that sometimes mostly it's uh, that so there's a uh, I was just uh, rereading them last night and thinking yes there's that she talked about um, uh, a morning routine something to mm. do as you first wake up and actually I don't have anything as sort of um Anglican perhaps as as, as, a, as a sophisticated prayer actually I have a prayer that um I think I learned from a old John Chapman take lovely and it uh, it's to say good morning Lord this is your day I am your child show me your way lovely I've also taught that to my children so That's handed nice. on and that you pray that every day I, I if I remember yes so <laughs> It, it, yeah. But it has been over... But I think that's great. You know, at, at, at yeah. 10 years, it has been part of my liturgy um, to try and remember to pray that prayer. It's, uh, again, I'm not a routine person, so sometimes those things fall out of my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I actually, I, I was very challenged uh, by a lot of this. Mm. As I say, I you know, not living a, a naturally routine-filled life and just mm. thinking often what that means is I get to the end of day and realise that I, I haven't done any of the things that that I wish I had done to incorporate my walk with the Lord in my everyday life so I actually wrote a liturgy for myself and in fact I wrote two I wrote one for the morning and one for the evening and they include the things like get up and clean my teeth and make my bed but they also include things I want to pray for every day and uh, you know a psalm that I want to read and some of the prayers from uh, Anglican morning and evening yeah. prayer and uh, I did do that pretty regularly until the summer happened and then I was away a lot over the summer and I've slightly fallen out of the routine but yes the, recording this episode has reminded me that I want to start that again <laughs> and, and I, I have a little um, notebook where I have included that you know I sort of printed those out and, and put yeah. them in a little thing and it also has although not at the moment because I've run out of September and I haven't yet done October where I keep my little prayer diary and journal and I also sometimes have a little notebook in there as well for uh, making notes while I do my bible reading so and you know and I have those all in the same place which I am enjoying it's a very pretty little I might even include a photo of it yes uh, on the website which is very impressively post this it's lovely it's got Philippians 3 on the front and it's it's very nice and I'm I'm just looking through some of her other suggestions and one of them uh, was the confession is to use the confession yeah and actually um that reminds me that when our children were younger and actually stayed at table for a nanosecond (laughs) 
Uh, but when they were small, for, for many years, actually, we would say a, a confession prayer at tea time because tea time is often the time yeah. when you, everything has gone wrong. And yes, you uh, need that forgiveness. And, we, and, and, and they, uh, that's where they mm. learned by heart some mm. Anglican liturgy as well. And uh, there is the advantage of having those, you know, she, she doesn't really talk about a lot about this, but having those liturgical things by heart helps us to access them even when we're in when we can't think or when we're in, in mm. um, again it's about practicing for the moment isn't yes. it if those words of the confession are imprinted in your head and your heart they are much more likely to then spring to your mind in the moment when you you need them yeah um very helpful um so i think i th- i mean i think we've both really benefited from reading this is there anything that you that we might want to say by way of um, criticism or warning or, or just people to be aware of as they read this? Was there anything you just thought, oh, I'm not sure I agree with that? I, I guess it's from an American perspective. So if you're a listener in the UK, there's some things that may be a little bit unfamiliar. Um, the church that um, Tish Harrison Morrison is part of is is much more sort of robed and liturgical than we would uh, normally experience. But that's it's a, more of a cultural thing, I think, than, than uh, uh, yeah, something to be... Yes, I agree. Worried about and but and sometimes those thinking about somebody who might do, might cross themselves, for instance, which I don't think many evangelicals would do here, is what is the meaning behind that and thinking about that that the content rather than the form. I think she yes. I think she has some great ideas and some things which challenge me to think. Okay, well, I, I I wouldn't normally do that, but maybe that's something I should think about. Yeah, I agree. I think there are things which, uh, if you're coming from a, a sort of English evangelical. Uh, kind of tradition you'll be like oh so I noticed for example she talks about uh, in their communion services they do ring a bell Mm -hmm. during communion but actually she she talks about what that means for her and in their church and it's not about suddenly we're welcoming the the real presence of Christ it's a you know look up and pay attention something important is happening at the moment moment so you know there may be things that you just think oh I'm not sure about that but I agree I think overall and in some ways, maybe because there's a different cultural background there, it, it does make you stop and think a bit more and challenge some of the things that would be uh, we would maybe take for granted. Great. Well, I hope that encourages some of you maybe to go and, and read that book and, and think about some of those things. And I'm going to try once again to put a bit more of it into practice. Certainly, it's a great idea. I'm certainly going over going to go over the. Uh, suggestions at the back and uh, think through those in the way that Ros did when I, I think I failed to do when I read it. And um, if you too have read the book, I, I think maybe a couple of people were, try, were wanting to read it before we uh, launch this podcast. Do put your comments on our Facebook page. We would love to hear. Yeah, definitely. You, you, you can tweet us at Church Society. You can comment uh, on the post on the Church Society Facebook page. And, and we really would love to, to hear from you and, and what you found Uh, helpful or otherwise about this book next month we're going to be reading quite a different book and talking about it together we're going to read why the reformation still matters uh good amanda's just remembered that that's what we agreed (laughs) why the reformation still matters by mike reeves um it seemed like a good one uh to read uh at this time of of this year i guess that'll go out uh, I'm not sure of the date, but I think it's the first Monday in November we'll we'll aim to have that podcast out. And again, if you'd like to read along beforehand and send us in any comments or questions that you'd like us to talk about, please do feel free to do that. Thanks for listening. <laughs>